At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Live Bet Sunday. We are presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. You see the folks watching the NFC Championship game, and I hate to say it, but it might be a snoozer, folks. <laughs> on this drive, since we've been on break, the Detroit Lions have converted a third and 12 and a third and 18 to stay alive on this drive to potentially get some points out of this thing. We got less than a minute left to go before half. Pam, two times. <laughs> and, and this is huge, right? It's not because you just give up third downs. Those were two third downs in which you could potentially get off the field with no damage, like out of field going, all sorts of things. And instead, you give up two back-breaking first downs where now you're going to potentially give up some points here on this drive, looking more and more probable that you're potentially going to give up a touchdown here. They've got 35 seconds left. They're going to burn their first time out. It's a second and six. But if you can get out of this little area, right, and three points now would be a godsend. But if you could get, if you could have gotten out of this with without a blemish, you're talking about going into the break, down only 14 points, getting the ball back, right, Caesar? They're going to get the ball at the half. So you get out there, you score a touchdown, it's 21-14 to one-score game, you're fine. But to, to give up those two third downs like that and to potentially now give up points here, whether it's going to be three or whether it's going to be seven, we'll mm-hmm. see if that's going to be the case. Obviously, again, you would like to just give up three here now at this point. But boy, oh boy, like we're talking about the probability of winning this game tanking just on those two plays alone. Correct. Um, <laughs> oh, you can't help but laugh just because you don't, you would not expect for the Lions to convert a third and 20 or third and 15, and they've done it twice now. Um, so what I was a little bit concerned with with the San Francisco defense coming into this matchup was that there was proof, there was a, a tendency for the Niners to give up runs on the outside edges. But what we're seeing is they're giving up both on the edges and down the middle. There's kind of, there's no answer from the 49ers defense in any facet to these three running backs in Montgomery, Gibbs, and Williams. And that was what my concern was that we could see them in the run game, but they're being exploited in that secondary as well. And it's just, you're coming from all sides. I don't know how the 49ers rebound in the second half. That's what the second half adjustments are for. That over, that under, you said you liked the under? That's a little bit questionable, but right now it's teetering. Well, I, I mean, actually, I think I'm fine. Again, if the 49ers the, don't produce, right? Going with the blowout thought, if, if you go up 28 to seven, uh, on barring you know something nuts where the Lions just continue to like cave their skulls in, right? Right, like that's going to be something. I obviously would like this drive to be empty uh, because now 28 points going into the break, not dead yet, nothing worse than hope. So we'll see, but I, I mean. Not trending in my direction, but I'd also like this because I also think as bad as this has looked for San Francisco, I do think it is un- it is improbable that you completely shut out the right. San Francisco 49ers here. But who right. knows? Oh, man, that was a touchdown waiting to happen. Just overthrown by Jared Goff. <laughs> this is, it's, this is pre- it's interesting. This has been uh, this is like the worst defensive performance that we have seen for San Francisco. But there was also inklings that this potentially could have happened because they were getting decimated by the Green Bay Packers. So almost lost that one, came back in the end. 
potentially that could happen now, um, but the Lions like every bit good. Yeah, I mean, against the Packers, at the very least, like there was a couple, right? There was uh, there was somebody who slipped in the secondary, right? They were talking about the cleats, and you give up a touchdown there. Like, you could at least explain away some of the issues and the struggles with Green Bay. And again, you won that game. Um, to now come into this one, to give up those third downs the way that you do, to give up another, another massive one. first one right here, another third down converted, third and six is going to give a first and goal to the Detroit Lions after a catch from Amarante Brown. It's going to uh, put them at about the five-yard line. This is shocking. Like, to just watch them on, cl- on, on key downs. Like, these are massive downs to just give a play after play on third down and be able to be unable to get off the field. With 33 seconds left right now, yep. the Detroit Lions are 5 of 6 it. on third downs. Yeah. And it we're put- talking about two of those being, at the very least, 13 yards. Yeah. Here in the last minute of the drive, in the last two minutes in the first half, putting themselves at a first and goal situation. Was that a flag? No. No. But, man, they look good. This is just very shocking. This is not what you expect from the 49ers defense. There have been vulnerabilities, yes, but it has been against the run. They have been more elite against the pass, and they are just getting shredded to pieces right now in the two-minute drill to close out the half. Boy, oh, boy. All right, so as it stands right now, in-game from a uh, 49ers or from a a live line standpoint, so Mm -hmm. this is going to be a big swing here, but the Detroit Lions are eight-and-a-half-point favorites. Total still 61 and a half with this second and gold up 21 to seven with 24 seconds remaining in this contest. This run's going to go nowhere again. They have they still have three timeouts, so they're going to have plenty of time to get their cracks at the end zone. You'd assume you're going to burn one here, uh, which is what's going to happen. But a third and goal now uh, with the clock being stopped with 17 seconds left to go. So right now it's a big kind of a big couple of moments. It's not guaranteed that the Lions are going to score here. It's obviously highly probable that they're going to score but the real question is, as we head into halftime, Pam, is do you see enough from San Francisco offensively that you think that they can stay? This is this is crazy, considering they closed as seven-and-a-half-point favorites. Can the 49ers stay inside of eight-and-a-half? That is crazy Catching because the line and was points. seven, and it went through the key number of seven and said, nope, the 49ers are it. This is the team that's going to come out with, this, with the cover win. Um, I have not seen anything. I still think that Brock Purdy is still alive for a second interception. His odds for that are minus 110 you're now potentially playing your three scores behind. They're, they're going to have to push the ball downfield at some point. Is he going to connect? What's his pressure like going to be? I mentioned that there's he has three games already this season where he's thrown two interceptions. This could definitely be another one. Here, Yeah. So Caesar and I locked eyes just now because this is it. This is where you win the game. Go for it if you're Dan Campbell. You have a fourth and goal inside the five-yard line. You're up 21-7 to seven on the road. Take your foot and stomp on their throat. Go up 28-7 going into the break. And that's what we talked about yesterday with our rankings of the four co- coaches. Dan Campbell ranked first when it came to aggressive, aggressiveness. aggressiveness. Um, yeah, going forward and forth in this situation is what we would expect from Dan Campbell 100% of the time. Yeah, what Pam's referring to is uh, from Sumer Sports. Uh, they had, and they're not going to go for it. Kind of surprising. Uh, they're going to try it out the kicker and kick a field goal, which... I would go for it here. But Dan Campbell, among the four coaches alive in AFC or excuse me, championship weekend, uh, had the most win probability added by decision-making. And the decision-making, of course, is broken down into different categories. Uh, first half timeout usage, second half timeout usage, um, fourth down conversion rate or attempting to go for it, when to go for it, and, of course, kickoffs. So Dan Campbell there. But I'm really surprised here. I think when you're up 21-7, to 7, I get maybe you want to – you're at 10 seconds left. You want to get three, go up 24-7. to 7. But the potential of going up 28 to 7 here, you haven't been stopped. You're averaging, what are we talking about here? Let's see. The I got you down as averaging the live line seven drip. yards. So let's let's eliminate the 42 yard carry, right? By Jameson Williams again. Right. David Montgomery's averaging 6.7. Jameer Gibbs averaging 4.2. Mm-hmm. They haven't been able to stop you at all. I'm really surprised that Campbell didn't decide to go for it, given what we know about him, the aggression, and what a first down, what a what a touchdown would do for you in that situation. You're playing with house money. Now Maybe the fact that the 49ers get it, if you get the ball at, at the half, that changes your line of thinking where potentially you do go for it because you know you're going to get possession on the other end of the, the, uh, of the break. But the ability to potentially go up by three scores there and like three full touchdowns, somewhat surprising given Campbell's history. What I would have equated that to between Montgomery, Gibbs, and Williams, hand the ball off to one of them because that ground game has been a threat. And you could look at them as a bull entering a ring against a bruised matador. That would be what the 49ers are right now. They are the bruised matador. And you have three bulls 
go for the attack. I am surprised that he didn't go for the touchdown right there. Uh, so as we wait to see what's going to happen, and we're approaching the break. And by the way, coming up, are we going to have him next uh, season? Nick, Nick Bruner is going to be with us, uh, DK Senior Trading Manager. We'll talk to him about halftime and what we're going to look ahead to uh, for the Super Bowl. Is the 49ers going to get this? They're going to attempt to return this out of their own end zone. you got nothing to lose. Might as well try to get an explosive play. They're going to get one. and It's going to be down at about the 35, but multiple flags are probably going to push this thing back, and we'll go to the break uh, with no damage for the San Francisco 49ers. That is, they've been receiving a ton of damage. St. Brown, his current reception right now, he's at five. His over seven and a half was plus 110. Mm-hmm. Entire second half left for that. Sam Laporta still two and a half yards shy of his receiving yards, 45. His total is 47 and a half. Um, Jameer Gibbs, I would say that is the one that is the least productive by standards coming into this. I had him at over 76 and a half rushing and receiving, and he has only seven receiving yards. So he'll probably make it up in their ground game, currently sitting at 46. Uh, all right. Really quickly, by the way, Drew Tranquil, a linebacker for the Kansas City Chiefs, really feeling it, tweeting out, uh, Big Red, T-Swift, and the boys just tore your parlay up again. So uh, <laughs> Chiefs are feeling it at this point, and why not? This run has been pretty incredible uh, going on the road in two of those games and getting to the Super Bowl once more. But right now we got a flag. They're trying to work some stuff out here. It looks like it's going to be holding on San Francisco, so that's going to knock them back. With two seconds left, it's 24-7. to You would assume the 49ers are just going to try to uh, get to the locker room here with uh, Shanahan with the headset off. So we'll give you the halftime line here momentarily. Tell you what, obviously the numbers would tell you, the probability is we are going to get a Lions-Chiefs Super Bowl out here in Las Vegas. Crazier things have happened. It's only a 17-point deficit. It is. But, we uh, have seen worse deficits come back from behind. Yep. Um, it's just unlikely. What was that trend that I said earlier? The nine and I would have to look it up, but it was from Evan, Evan Abrams where he was 3-29 and 29 against the spread when trailing by 14 points, and that was right out of the gate. Yeah, in the two first and 29 quarter. straight up, three and 28 against the spread when trailing by 14 points at any point. Kyle Shanahan um, in this. And actually, this is a great example of what we're talking about when I said, like, ah, it doesn't really mean that much, where especially the three and 28 ATS, they're seven and a half point favors pre flop. Right. Yeah, of course, they're, they're not going to cover today, right? Mm-hmm. It would be an act of God if the 49ers come back and cover the pre flop number. So that's going to suffer. Now, winning again, that's going to be tough. It was a first half 14 point deficit, so we'll see if that's going to be the case. Uh, passing yards. I wanted to bring this up really quickly in the last minute. Mm-hmm. Brock Purdy. Passing yards closed. At, I've got a 279 and a half. We are up to 299 and a half. Slightly shaded to the over at minus 112. Do you look to go over Purdy in the passing yards because of the deficit that they currently face? He is sitting right now at 93 <sighs> yards at halftime. I'm less inclined to want to believe that that could be the case. Brock Purdy does not have a large sample size of play from behind situations. I'm not sure that he can handle the pressure or he can be sharp enough as needed to not throw another interception. Well, I'm just talking about volume though, right? Like you're going to have the volume because you're down. Is there a passing um, attempts? I would probably take passing attempts over passing yards. In the game against Cincinnati, 365 total yards. They lost that 131 to 17. Uh, one of a couple of examples. We'll have more on this, though, and the, the rest of the game, of course. Live on Sunday rolls on when we come back. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Live Bet Sunday on VSEN, the sports betting network. Welcome back to Live Bet Sunday. Pamela Maldonado, Jonathan Von Tobel with you here. A reminder for those of you out there that with Omaha Steaks, you'll fall in love at first bite with their tender steaks, juicy burgers, air chilled chicken, and more. You're going to love every bite. It's Omaha Steaks guarantee. And for a limited time, when you go to omahasteaks.com slash vsin, you'll get four free air chilled boneless chicken breasts and four free rich, juicy boneless pork chops with your order. Minimum purchase may apply. Welcome back in. We are watching, of course, and waiting. It's the second half. Coming up in the NFC Championship game where the Detroit Lions currently lead the San Francisco 49ers 24-7. 49ers going to get the ball at the break. Let's talk about this matchup, the AFC Championship game and the impending Super Bowl with Nick Bruner, DK Senior Trading Manager over there at DraftKings. Uh, Nick, just your thoughts on what you've watched here so far, man. Like They closed as about seven-point favorites. The San Francisco 49ers did, and here they are trailing by 24-7, 17 points at the break. Right, guys. Yeah, thanks for having me on. The Lions continuing that that momentum. Uh, they've been playing so well lately, and the 49ers just uncharacteristically unable to stop the the Detroit rushing attack, um, which has really been the difference in the game. And 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 going into the game, I, I feel like Purdy would be the, the the deciding factor. Could he keep control of the ball? Could he get, get regain his composure? Um, and I, I think he looked better, I thought, than he did last week. But the turnover, you know, a huge, huge deciding factor so far. Nick, if the Lions do happen to close it out against the 49ers, right now the Lions are plus 175 to win the Super Bowl, while the Kansas City Chiefs are minus 155 favorites. How far down the power ratings do you have the Lions in compared to the Chiefs? Well, guys, um, Going into that game, if the Lions were to advance, we'd have the Chiefs about minus three over Detroit um, with a total of 51. Uh, So that's where we stand if that matchup were to take place, guys, if Detroit gets it done here. Nick, in terms of that, like, right, so you guys had to look at headlines. We know it's going to be that field goal. Where do you think the market goes with it? Because I, I was noting this with Pam a couple of minutes ago, but we've seen the market move against Detroit almost every game, right? Like the Rams were the side, the Bucks line moved in their direction. Uh, and then this one, of course, went through seven to seven and a half. Some of that had to do with Debo Samuel, but the market has moved against Detroit, seems every step of the way. Does it do it again in a Chiefs Super Bowl? Um. It's I could yeah that's a great point because you're right we have seen the market sort of fade the Lions um, but I'll say this Baltimore was really a really popular pick this week and we saw that line go from three three and a half all the way up to five at close and you know there were sports books kind of begging for for Kansas City money so you have to factor that in as well maybe the market kind of like discounted the Chiefs um, and, and I expect them to get some support next week as well. How about the Super Bowl MVP? Patrick Mahomes, also the minus 135 favorite. Jared Goff would be the plus 232nd favorite, followed by Christian McCaffrey, plus 950, if the 49ers were to happen to come back with this comeback um, from today. What type of action are you seeing on the Super Bowl MVP? Do you also believe that the market will go towards in favor of Mahomes? Uh, yeah, but I, I think with um, a market like this, it, the, the favorites tend to get priced in quicker than the underdog. So, um, but, but yeah, thanks. Thanks for asking, Pam. We've seen a lot of activity on this market. It's definitely been popular. Um, I can tell you we're big 
uh, we, we really hope Amon Ross St. Brown does not win the Super Bowl MVP. Um, also, uh, Pacheco, Debo Samuel, these are guys that have been popular selections. Um, but but, in, but for your question, I, I think the favorites get priced in faster. And um, so I, I think the under some of the, the skill position guys that are longer shots um, will rack up some liability rather quick. All right, Nick, this game is not over, right? So nothing is set in stone yet. We do have to look at the other side of this. Your guys look ahead, and you correct me if I'm wrong, I believe, with San Francisco, about a two-and-a-half-point favorite, total of 49 over the Kansas City Chiefs. What kind of a change? Let's say San Francisco wins this game somehow. What kind of a change in that number will there be, if any, if the San Francisco 49ers move on to the Super Bowl? I th- well, I, I think the market will certainly um, make – I think the market will favor the chiefs in this scenario that the 49ers were to come back and win this game because we've seen kind of the 49ers chinks in the armor, so to say. Um, and even with a phenomenal second half, um, they still, they still played some, some average to slightly above average football over the last couple of games. And uh, just the way the chiefs have been no, no support throughout these playoffs. And the fact that they, they went out there and handled the Ravens today, I, I feel like, um, if we're, you know, three, you know, we could see some support for the Chiefs, and that could be two and a half, two, uh, going into the Super Bowl. Really quick to clarify, but would the 49ers still open up as a small favorite over Kansas City, or would there be a scenario? Yes, uh, yes I okay. think, I think so. Um, just from like a general customer service perspective, Super Bowl is, of course, February 11th. How early do you expect to get lines out for player props and everything else for Super Bowl related? Yeah, we're we hope to get them up as soon as possible, and and certainly over the next. 24 to 48 hours you'll you'll definitely start seeing that come through absolutely what's your life like when you're hanging up those props like what are you doing what are you looking at i mean you guys have hung up a lot of different exotic stuff i think that i see you guys had direction and completion of lamar's first pass so what's uh what's the life like over the next few hours as you're getting ready to release some of those props yeah, it's hectic, it's hectic on the trading floor, and there's a lot going on. And uh, let's not forget all about all the other sports that that take tons of handle as well. So yeah, it's a, it's a lot of moving pieces and the props, the the, the game lines themselves, the other sports. Like it, it's a it's a big operation, and, and it's certainly not easy. Um, but yeah, it's it's a hectic time for sure, J, JVT. All right, I'll give you an idea. All right, I've I've had this prop hung up. Uh, in two different Super Bowls, so I'm, I'm going to give you this free one if you want it. Uh, <laughs> will a team convert a fourth down in their own territory? How about that? I like that. There you go. I like that a lot, actually. Yeah. Nice one. So I've got it hung up on two, so maybe maybe it'll be a third Super Bowl here, Nick. Okay. Uh, uh, all right, let me ask you this. So the NFC Championship game right now, 24-7. to In a game like this, what does halftime in-game action look like for you guys in what looks to be teetering on a blowout? Do you get teams that'll get back, or players that'll get back into this? Will you see a drop-off in in in-game production? Will it ramp back up if the 49ers come back into this? What do you guys expect in a game that's trending toward being a blowout here from an in-game standpoint? I don't think, I I think it'll matter less than you think, JVT. Uh, at, at all points of the blowout, as long as we're hanging a money line price yep. and, and as, as you have a, a blowout, you're going to get a good price on the underdog in a blowout. And we'll see a lot of those bets over the next uh, hour, hour and a half uh, as the 49ers, you know, been the best team in the league, you know, for much of the year. And, and now you're going to get, you know, at least three, three to one probably on, on these guys. So we'll, we'll definitely see a, a huge uh, a flow of volume on the Niners, I expect, uh, right now. Nick Bruner, again, DK Senior Trading Manager. All right, from the potential matchups, Detroit-San Francisco, uh, or excuse me, San Francisco-Kansas City or Detroit-Kansas City, is the Super Bowl big enough that it overcomes whoever is in this thing, or would a San Francisco-Kansas City Super Bowl, from a handle perspective, give you a little bit more than Detroit-Kansas uh, City would? Uh, interest, yeah, that's a good point, but I'll, I'll say this. Uh, that our, our betters in Michigan and, and the yep. overall Detroit Lions fan base has, has really uh, backed their team with with their pockets, if you know what I mean. So, uh, you know, it's a good point, but I think with the Lions and, and having, having been in the Super Bowl in so long, I think that's just as, as enticing to the betters. Yeah, it's going to be a big one, I think, regardless. The NFL's a, a monster. It doesn't really matter at this point anymore. All right, Nick, we'll get you out of here on this. What do you want? Like, what did you prefer as a viewer of football? Would you rather see Lions and Chiefs? Do you like the story? Do you want the 49ers to come back? What's the football fan in you say? I like the I want to see the Lions get it done. And yeah. I'd like, I like the story of the Lions, man. And, and I, I, I think it'd be awesome if the Lions were to, were to take on the Chiefs.
Yep. Mm -hmm. Hard to argue with the story there with the Detroit Lions. Nick, it's good to talk to you as always. Thanks for making some time with us during the game, man. Appreciate it. Thank you, Nick. Thanks, guys. Yep. And the sportsbook will tell you that the people behind us are also in the same sentiment of wanting to see the Lions. Every time something happens with them, this place erupts. So I think we're all in unison on that one. Yeah, and it's a good, it's a good, um, it's a good case too. I mean, maybe they're cheering for the over, not necessarily the Lions. The Lions, <laughs> are, the, Lions are the only team scoring. That's true. But it, it's a good point by Nick that's brought up, and that's why I wanted to ask him because you know, in these games, you'd think, ah, oh, it's a blowout. There's nothing. But you're talking about the San Francisco 49ers. I'm fascinated to see how books would make out in a game like this when you factor in in-game and betters chasing the ghost that could be the San Francisco 49ers currently as plus 340 money line underdogs. Yeah. Pretty tempting, I think, for a lot of betters on the surface to look back and go, man, they're only down by 17, plus 340 with the home team here. Let's go. I couldn't even tell you to consider the under because if it was not Dan Campbell as a head coach, I'd probably say, hey, they're going to run out the clock a little bit. They're going to play a little bit more conservative. They're going to stick to the ground. But this offense has been so efficient on the ground, they could continue, the Lions continue to run it up. So I don't even have an opinion on the total. You say that, but I mean, he should have gone. I'm I'm surprised. I'm (laughs) really surprised. Can we get get Dan Campbell on the phone, please? I'd like to ask him. (laughs) That just just seems like such a Dan Campbell move, right? Like you could take the dagger and shove it in their side Right. right then and there. Yeah. But instead, you kicked the field goal 21 yards. So, so it's we are, still not dead. Football yep. is four quarters. <laughs> yep, and we are underway here in the second half. The ball is in the air. The uh, 49ers receive. They will get a touchback. They'll take over on their own 25-yard line down 24-7 to in what is now becoming the biggest drive of the game. Can the 49ers get something going here against the Detroit Lions and ruin the dream <laughs> of the city? We'll find out. 24-7, 15 minutes just getting started in the third quarter. We got plenty to get to. Coming up a little bit later, Kevin Ostreicher is going to be with us, Locked On Ravens podcast. Get the Ravens' perspective on what just happened in the AFC Championship game. This is Live Bet Sunday on VSEN, the sports betting network. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs, bringing you an offer that'll help make the playoffs better. New customers can bet five bucks on any game and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code VSIN only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code VSIN. The crown is yours. An attempt over the middle to Jawan Jennings is nowhere near Jawan Jennings. So we got a fourth and eight here with the 49ers trailing 24 to seven. A once promising drive getting stuck in neutral and they're going to elect to kick a field goal now. So a uh, field goal coming up. Good thing that uh, we haven't had a missed field goal yet here already uh, for the San Francisco 49ers. I, of course, am kidding. Caesar, relax. Uh, we had a missed field goal earlier from Jake Moody, but this one is going to be up and good, and the 49ers are going to now trail 24 to 10 with about 11.05 left to go in the third. How did I know, Pam? I was like, how, how did, did you know? I'm like, well, I was like, All right, let's <laughs> welcome in our next guest. Kevin Ostreicher is with us, a host of the Locked On Ravens podcast. Nice enough to give us some time here at the AFC Championship game. Just watched uh, that transpire out there in Baltimore. Kevin, we appreciate it. So I, I just wanted to start with your thought process here, where from the Ravens' perspective, one of the things that stuck out to, to me watching out here in Las Vegas, you know, Harbaugh generally a guy who has his team ready, ready to go. And from an execution standpoint, a team that generally executes – didn't look like a team that was executing particularly well and making some mistakes. What was your takeaway just in terms of the way the Ravens played and some of the mistakes we saw? It seemed uncharacteristic. Yeah, it, it was. The Ravens, I think, had shored up a lot of what we saw today throughout the course of the season, where it was stuff we saw earlier in the year, penalties, mistakes, turnovers, and it's why they had been so dominant was because they cleaned up all of that. And I think Baltimore from, you know, you mentioned getting guys ready to play, I think – the Ravens had a game plan and they abandoned it pretty early because Kansas City goes down the field, they score a touchdown, and they get down 17 to 7 at the half. And against a defense in Kansas City that had been pretty poor against the run for the entirety of the season, Baltimore elected to only use their running backs six times in this game, six total carries for Gus Edwards and Justice Hill combined. And this is against the Kansas City defense that we saw last week in the divisional round. The Bills ran 39 times for 182 yards on that same defense. And so I really feel like it was a missed opportunity for the Ravens to establish game flow early. And I understand, you know, being in a big spot like that and being in a big moment and maybe hitting the panic button a little earlier than expected. It just felt like they abandoned everything that they were true to and started to force some things that we really hadn't seen over the last 
two or three months of the season because a lot of people here in Baltimore thought Baltimore moved past it. Well, Kevin, Lamar Jackson now is two and four in the playoffs in his six-year career. What do you think is then the new narrative? Is it Lamar Jackson still in the postseason? Yeah, I think, you know, if, if you look at how Lamar played today, he definitely was not up to the standard he needed to be. Made a couple of spectacular plays, and I'm sure we'll see on highlight reels forever. But when you look at the grand scheme of things with this game, this is Lamar's first AFC championship game. He talked about after the game how, you know, Zay Flowers, his first, he's a rookie, and it was Lamar's first time in that spot. But in a, in a time when it's always been so hard to win in the NFL, it is so hard to win. And you can never guarantee you get back to the spot. It just felt like Baltimore had geared up to get to this point. And you look at the past playoff failures for Lamar Jackson, where every year the goal is to win a Super Bowl. And the Ravens have been a, a great regular season team for a really long time now. There only have been a handful of regular seasons where it hasn't been good. But obviously that's not the goal. The goal is to get to the playoffs, go to the Super Bowl, and win it. And with this, again, it's, it's, it's another thing for Lamar where he wasn't up to the task today. He made a couple of bad decisions, the interception thrown into triple coverage, and he was backpedaling on sacks again or, or incompletions. And maybe it was the moment, maybe it was the blitz being being presented at him in ways that he hadn't seen it, even though he saw it against Houston. It, it was a disappointing effort. And while it's not all on Lamar Jackson, well, again, I think play calling played a part, coaching played a part, everything played a part. Lamar Jackson is certainly a big part of why the Ravens lost this game today. Kevin, you mentioned coaching, so let's go there. Uh, we were we were kind of laughing at the beginning of the show here, looking at the box score and watching it, of course, too, and and going like, okay, why in the world did your running backs only get six combined carries? Uh, Zay Flowers had two of the 16 carries against a run defense that statistically was the below average. The, the game plan offensively seemed kind of odd. Like, I get being aggressive on first downs, but nearly abandoning the run in a, in a game that was within 10 points in the entire time was really weird. It was, and I agree with you 100%. And this is something that we have seen before. And this is Todd Munkin's first year as the Ravens offensive coordinator, but the Ravens have had this exact thing happen to them, and, and they've done the exact same thing in past playoffs where, again, they'll have a game plan, and the game plan was pretty clear. You, know, you, you run the ball on first down early, try to establish that flow, get yourself in the second and medium, second and short situations. But instead what the Ravens were doing is instead of using their running backs, instead of using Lamar in the run game, they were trying to go for either big plays or things that we just hadn't seen them do. So to have your running backs get six carries throughout the entire game and to put even more context on that, Baltimore's running backs had four carries in the first half, which obviously if they had six for the entire game means they only had two in the entire second half. So they just were not being utilized. You mentioned they had two of those 16 carries. It was just, it was a weird way to call this game, whether Todd Munkin had that decision. John Harbaugh is obviously at the forefront of that too, but we saw it with Greg Roman when he was the offensive coordinator and obviously the common denominator between Greg Roman and, and Todd Munkin is John Harbaugh. Now, do I expect the Ravens to go and fire John Harbaugh after this game? No, I, I don't. They made the AFC Championship game. It was a step in the right direction, but obviously it wasn't the step you needed because, you know, the Ravens have some tough decisions to make this offseason, and who knows? But Mario always have a chance, but it's going to be a different team next year. Because of health, this potentially could have been the best version of the Baltimore Ravens that we have seen in recent years. Looking at the list of pending free agents, you're talking about Gus Edwards and their running back, running back J.K. Dobbins, outside linebacker Jadavian Clowney. Um, just looking at the grand scheme of things in the future, how many of these big-name free agents can the Baltimore Ravens keep? Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be tough for them, especially when you also look in those names you mentioned. They have big decisions to make on those guys. But then you can even go a step further and say, well, what about a guy like Justin Matabike, who had an all-pro year for them and broke out in the best way. It was a great, great timing for him. He's going to probably demand a contract upwards of $25 million annually. So do they franchise tag him? Would Justin Matabike play on that tag? They have to decide on Patrick Queen, who had a great year in, in a contract year. Gino Stone, you mentioned Clowney's partner. Kyle Van Noy's veteran partner. Kevin Zeitler's been a steady guard. Odell Beckham's a free agent. So no two teams will ever be the same. There are always going to be changes and guys coming in and guys going out. But this version, the way this version of the Baltimore Ravens was built, you're never going to have the production Justin Matabike had on a rookie contract or a Patrick Queen on a rookie contract. Again, those guys are going to get paid probably $100 million or $85 million each, which is going to be tough. So do you let one go? Do you let one stay? I think the Ravens in the offseason, if we're talking about that, 
should definitely prioritize wide receiver. The only really surefire bet there right now with Odell and Nelson Aguilar being free agents is the Flowers Nelson or with Rashad Bateman. He's also under contract. Offensive line, the Ravens really only have one sure thing there. In Tyler Linderbaum with Ronnie Stanley, he struggled a little bit in this game, and there are conversations about whether he'll get cut this offseason. Morgan Moses, will he get cut this offseason? Kevin Zeitler, the free agent, and John Simpson. So I think in the secondary, you also have to look and maybe add there. But free agent-wise, this is a long list of really good underrated free agents, guys who contributed and stepped up in many different ways. And I'm really intrigued to see how they do it, but it, it's definitely safe to say you're not going to be able to bring back every guy on this list because whether a team needs them for a starting role when they played a reserve role for the Ravens this year, they just priced themselves out of Baltimore this year. It's going to be a different team next year. Kevin Ostreicher again, locked on Ravens podcast. So Kevin, uh, you obviously just got to watch the team here in our last two minutes. What are your, what are your expectations for Kansas city in the super bowl? And it looks like the highest, the probability is growing that it's going to be the Detroit lions. What'd you take away from this performance for Kansas city? I thought Kansas City played their game in the first half where they were getting themselves with Isaiah Pacheco in those second and medium, second and short situations and with the Ravens and how they were kind of manning up Travis Kelsey and figuring out, you know, Travis Kelsey also figured out when the Ravens were in zone where the soft spots were. Travis Kelsey had 11 targets, 11 catches. It was a dominant performance. Kyle Hamilton couldn't really keep up with him one-on-one. Brandon Stevens had some struggles as well. I mean, Rasheed Rice made some big catches here and there. But then in that second half, the Baltimore defense tightened up. But to the same vein, I mean, I got to give a lot of credit to Kansas City's defense and what they were able to do in stifling this Ravens offense for the most part, whether it was timely turnovers, timely third down stops, great plays by guys like George Karloftis, Trent McDuffie. And now the Chiefs have that extra week to rest up. So maybe you do get a guy like uh, uh, Willie Gay back next week, or maybe you do get a guy like uh, – you know, maybe Joe Tooney comes and plays and he's a guy that you can plug in a lot offensive line and we know how good he is. So the extra week of rest is going to be huge. I thought that Patrick Mahomes and the offense definitely struggled in that second half. The Ravens defense, I thought, figured them out, but they did enough to win this game. And I know the box score and then the score will stay 17 to 10, but really I think Kansas City outclassed Baltimore in a lot of ways today. And, you know, part of it was Baltimore's undoing. Kevin, uh, we appreciate the time, man. Awesome stuff as always. Thank you very much. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks so much for having me. Yep, again, you want that uh, Baltimore Ravens analysis, Locked on Ravens pod. All right, big couple of moments here, but the biggest of which is the San Francisco 49ers get off the field on a fourth down. So they're going to take over deep into their own territory, but keeping the Lions off of the scoreboard. Got an update, too, in terms of win probability and Dan Campbell's decision at halftime. Newsflash, it was the wrong one. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market. 
as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Live Bet Sunday on VSEN, the sports betting network. Welcome back into Live Bet Sunday. Make sure you check out a annual subscription. $199 gets you everything we do on the website, including the upcoming big game betting guide. Just use the promo code LIVE, L-I-V-E, 10% off for an annual subscription on the website of vsin.com. Things are happening. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Brock Purdy takes a big shot downfield to Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk is interfered with defensively. However, on the ensuing chaos, leaps out and makes the catch regardless. Now, the defender's hand did come up and slap him on the hip after he had the reception. So he is going to be down, but he's going to be down in about the Lions' two or three yard line. So just like that, I am a man of science. I don't believe in momentum. It is hard not to at this point right now. You get a field goal. You get a stop on a fourth down. You get a massive play here. Now it's a second and goal, big loss. But regardless, you're going to get a second and goal from about the seven-yard line. This is massive for the San Francisco 49ers, obviously, to cut this down to a two-score, excuse me, a one-score game should you punch this thing in. So right now, big swing in terms of win probability, momentum, a team that was on the verge, potentially, the Detroit Lions, of maybe going up 28-7 to at one point mm-hmm. is on the verge of only leading 24-17 to should the 49ers find pay dirt here in the next couple of plays, Pam. This has been pretty wild. I'm interested. There we go. There's the passing play. The passing play is what I was wanting to see um, from Brock Purdy because the Detroit secondary, we know that it is vulnerable. 25 passing touchdowns, that is 30th in the league. If you are trying to get it in with the run, as good of a run game as you have in McCaffrey, um, the Lions are second best in limiting rushing touchdowns. You have to go through the air. I just don't know if San Francisco and Shanahan trust Brock Purdy. Got to think. uh, I I think they do. They just took a massive shot downfield to get inside the five-yard line. And by the way, you don't have a choice. You got to trust him here because this is the NFC Championship game and you were trailing by two scores. Got to think as well, barring a massively negative play here, that this is four down territory for the the San Francisco 49ers trailing 24 to 10. Shot in the end zone is going to be good. Brandon Ayuk is going to find it. That is a touchdown. We have got a one score game. And just like that, a very pro 49ers booth here at the Vegas Stats and Information Network is ecstatic. We got a 49ers jersey. We got a 49ers quarter zip. And we've got one man in there in red clapping over at Circa. <laughs> How about this, Pam? I think you were right, though. That's a very mundane crowd for what we got a one-score game in the NFC Championship. It game. is all, very Lions-heavy. They're all against you, boys. <laughs> go out there. Pip the 49ers logo. Let's go. 49ers against the world. But, no, this crowd is very Lions-heavy every time. Look at every one positive. guy clapping right now. <laughs> Nobody else cares. Because we all want to see the narrative. We've been asking all of our guests all season long. Don't put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. I've (laughs) turned. Heel turn here. I'm tired of the story. Let's let's snuff this out now, San Francisco. Uh, Let's go. We had the inclination that it was going to be head coaching Kyle Shanahan that was going to be a little bit conservative. I am so under underwhelmed of what we're seeing from Dan Campbell. Questionable play calling at best right now to close out the half. Right now, not going for it on fourth down when he should have. Going for it when you shouldn't, not going for it when you should. So we'll see what this comes out to be. But, oh, man, come on, right. Lions. So to that point, I mentioned this is the tease going out. And so Pam, being a good partner, brought this up again. So on the fourth and three from the San Francisco 40, or from, excuse me, from the San Francisco three. So essentially a fourth and goal from the San Francisco three right before the half. Dan Campbell elected to kick a field goal, 21-yard field goal. Mm-hmm. By win probability metrics, If you go for it, and again, this is not converting. This is just, if you just snap the ball and attempt to go for it on that play, your win probability increases by 4.4%. Had they succeeded in going for it, converting that and scoring a touchdown, the win probability for Detroit would have been 91%. But instead, it dipped to 79% in terms of the converted field goal. And now, of course, 
Instead of being up that 28 to 7, completely changing the way this game looks, now all of a sudden you're talking about 24 to 17 getting the ball back here. So pretty big. Now here's the thing, and we'll be positive obviously for the uh, the Lions perspective, right? Which is the previous drive, Pam, mm-hmm. why that drive was so big for San Francisco? Because the Lions went right down and got to the San Francisco 28-yard line where they were turned away on a fourth and two. So while right now you're stretching your collar out if you're Detroit, at the very least, your first drive of the second half, you went right down eight plays, 47 yards, and had two yards to get a first down inside the San Francisco 30. So you still came out and moved the ball here in that first drive of the right. second half. But you didn't put up at the required points to give yourself a substantial lead. Now you're now it's a one-score game. It was what what they were down at 14, 17 points at one point. Mm. Now it's a one-score game. I've this is now where we see Jared Goff. Is he going to Jared Goff? That's been Jared Goff on the road in the elements. It's, I think we're going to be um, interesting to see the Goff versus Pretty. This is what we're, where it comes down to. Well, the good thing for Jared Goff and the 49ers and for Ben John, excuse me, for the Lions and for Ben Johnson is you're not trailing. You're still leading. Right. So you're not off script, right? Like you right. can do what you want to do. You can run the ball. You can work the clock. You don't have to put the ball in Jared Goff's hands. So you're still working from an advantageous position against a, uh, a defense that right now has had no answers for you. 300 uh, 322 total yards and 6.3 yards per attempt, or excuse me, per play mm-hmm. for you as an offense. So you're still on script, but this is obviously pretty big. Again, I'm not one that believes in momentum. I think it's nonsense. This is a very good example of momentum being very real because right now, 10 unanswered points in the third quarter for the San Francisco 49ers. But at least right now, what we're seeing is that the Lions are still in control of the game as far as time of possession. Their last three drive drives, 13 minutes held the ball and only came away with oh, a touchdown and then a field goal and then turnover on downs. So they need to keep with that time of possession, but then you still got to jam it in when you can. When the opportunity arises, you got to go for those points. Brandon Ayuk goes over his longest reception of the day. Uh, that number was set at 27 and a half. The big pass down the middle, that was good for 51 yards. Still working on receptions. His number closed at four and a half, heavily shaded to the over at minus 166. And yardage, uh, he certainly oh has oh God. 68 receiving yards. And he is currently sitting at uh, the, the prop close 77 oh, and a half. No. And we might have a recovered Turnover. fumble by the San Francisco 49ers. This is unreal if this is happening right now. 24 17, 509 left to go in the third. Second play here. And it looks like we might get a fumble. Looks like uh, Gibbs came in, was a little too tight to golf on the handoff. And we're going to see if whether or not he was down when he rec- when this was nope. stripped. Nope. Stripped. That is a strip. Clear. That is clearly a fumble. Clearly ruled in favor of San Francisco. The 49ers are going to take over inside the 30-yard line. At one point, <laughs> catching eight and a half points in-game, the San Francisco 49ers. And just like that, let's see. Let's refresh this bad boy. Favorites. <laughs> the 49ers are now favored. Minus two and a half <laughs> at minus 125. Wow. In-game total, 62 and a half. Now, that's a killer for me, too. Right. Somebody bet this game under uh, when you're talking about these quick these quick scores. Big play downfield. You score a couple of plays Short later. Field. And then now, all of a sudden, you turn this ball over. You're on the verge of getting into the red zone. Um, that's going to be brutal. So I'll probably lose out on this total, but worth it in a game like this. This just wants some, want some competitiveness here, baby. This Gold is what you're talking about. stars for everyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and it, I will say this. It does speak to what we kind of talked about, right, which is when you talk – if the 49ers come back and win this right. and you you project ahead to the Super Bowl – this is kind of why you don't like really adjust your ratings too much because there is a there is an impressive achievement in coming back from a game in which you were down 24 to 7. Right. Like there is still the flashes of what the San Francisco 49ers could do here. And as we talked about too, uh, with our guest Nick Bruner, if they come back, they will open up as favorites. We'll see what it's going to be. Probably two and a half, one and a half, but they will be favored here. And it's going to be a pretty impressive feat if they can do it. Brock Purdy with the rushing attempt. Oh, He's going to oh, go over oh, his rushing oh. yards right here in one carry. Just like that, a big run for Brock Purdy. He is inside the five-yard line, and they, the San Francisco 49ers, have a first and goal right now. Purdy, in terms of rushing yards, seven and a half. We're going to go over there. Should be, at least. It looked like more than seven and a half yards. Mm -hmm. And in terms of uh, rushing attempts, I think he was at about two and a half. We'll have to double-check on that one. So So then let's look at it from the opposite end, then. If you're talking about you don't really adjust your reading to the 49ers for having this comeback, then do you make that adjustment to the Lions for – giving up the lead. No, 
Because if they win the game, then they've won the game as a seven and a half point underdog, right? Like you, when it comes to like power ratings and market ratings, like there is a stubbornness to it. And in fact, you know, there are times in which you could take advantage of it as a better. Debo Samuel is going to get tackled short of the goal line uh, about the one yard line. Like really quickly, I'll give you a basketball example. So like yesterday, the Celtics are playing the Clippers, right? Mm-hmm. Celtics last week closed a seven and a half point favorites over the Denver Nuggets at home. Right. Market yesterday had them close a six and a half point favorites over a similarly rated team at home. There's a stubbornness to that, right? Like you can't adjust too much. There's a small adjustment, but not too much. And what happens? Clippers went out right. right. So the, you can take advantage of stubbornness if you make the number Chiefs minus one over right. the San Francisco 49ers, then you have perceived value. You could take advantage of that. And guess what? If the Chiefs win... And you're sitting pretty, and you're right. Touchdown, Christian McCaffrey. We got a one-point game, boys. Let's do it. Oh, boy. Extra point coming up. But you, you see what I'm saying in terms right. of the stubbornness? So it's, I think it's what you have to do because big picture, you'll get inundated with money. But as a handicapper, you can take, an advantage, you can take advantage of said stubbornness if you're right in the way that you project things. See, what also I was talking about, like I couldn't even make a prediction on the total just because, I mean – the assumption was, oh, this is potentially going to be a blowout from the Lions side. They're going to control the ball. Well, fast pace, the entire game has had, and then 49ers being the offensive weapons that they have, right back into the game. Yeah, the, t- the total was something that I never wanted to get involved with. 49ers minus 3.5, totals at 64.5. we got a tie game, folks. Don't go anywhere. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.